This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm, and Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Seven accused in 1.2 million extortion scheme at Puerto Rico docks. Former Grenadian Minister Simon Steele to be next UN Climate Chief. Royal British Virgin Islands Police Force approved for increased oversight of ports. U.S. awards 20 million grant to support Jamaica's spice industry. U.S. National Science Foundation awards $1 million to University of the Virgin Islands and D.C. World Reggae Festival to celebrate Jamaica's 60th, set for August 20th. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, August 16th. We start a report today in Puerto Rico. ABC News via the Associated Press reports that federal authorities on Monday arrested seven people, including a union leader and various dock workers accused in a 1.2 million extortion scheme that targeted shipping companies. U.S. Attorney Stephen Muldrow said the scheme began in 2005 and affected local and foreign commerce, including shipping between Puerto Rico and the U.S. and British Virgin Islands. Muldrow said suspects at three docks in the capital of San Juan are accused of illegally extorting small shipping companies and threatening to stop loading and unloading goods if a monthly fee wasn't paid. The fee demanded varied between weight and sometimes ranged from $10,000 to $20,000 a month. The indictment states that the shipping companies were charged a monthly fee in exchange for supposedly being allowed to use longshore workers who were not unionized. However, there were no labor unions representing employees of shipping companies operating at the piers where the alleged extortion occurred, officials said. The suspects faced charges including conspiracy to violate the RICO Act, extortion and money laundering. Local and federal authorities were part of the five-year investigation. The Organization of Eastern Caribbean States, the OECS, via The Guardian reports that the next United Nations climate chief will be Simon Steele, former environmental minister of Grenada. Steele will face the task of putting countries back on track to meet international climate goals at a time of rising geopolitical tensions and a global energy price crisis. Nations will meet for what is likely to be a factitious U.S. Climate Summit in Egypt called COP27 in less than three months, but the prospects of success are increasingly slim. Almost all countries agreed last year's COP26 meeting to focus on cutting greenhouse gas emissions in line with the 1.5 Celsius temperature limit. But since then, the global consensus has fallen apart as Russia's invasion of Ukraine has sent already rising gas prices soaring, adding to pressure on food prices and provoking a cost-of-living crisis around the world. According to the report, tensions between the world's two biggest emitters, China and the United States, have also risen sharply in recent weeks. Beijing reacted to a visit to Taiwan by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi by withdrawing corporations with the United States on climate issues. Scientific advice published since the 
Paris Agreement has shown that two degrees Celsius is much more dangerous and recent extreme weather around the world, which has heated by about 1.1 Celsius to 1.2 Celsius above pre-industrial levels have confirmed fears that even 1.5 Celsius will cause severe problems. Experts on the UN process said the appointment of someone from the Caribbean sent a clear signal that island nations, which are among the most vulnerable to the impacts of the climate crisis, were having their voices heard. BVI News reports that the British Virgin Islands Governor John Rankin said he believes the arrangements established by his office to give the Royal Virgin Islands Police Force greater oversight of the territory's port will improve security and help to ensure the law is properly applied. BVI Premier Dr. Natalia Wheatley previously indicated that in June, Cabinet approved a memorandum of understanding between authorities of intergovernmental agencies, Her Majesty's Custom Immigration, the BVI Airports Authority, and BVI Ports Authority on the security of seaports and airports. At the time, he noted that this was based on recommendations B-40 of the Commission of Inquiry report for addressing security concerns while more comprehensive arrangements were being considered. Speaking at a press conference last week, Governor Rankin noted that this arrangement will also allow for a better exchange of information between the different agencies. The governor said the Department of Customs and immigration will continue to carry out their normal functions, but he noted that the police will also be there. He noted that the government is also working to establish a panel with external expertise to review law enforcement and justice systems to ensure that the law enforcement agencies have modern facilities and power to help better prevent, monitor, and detect crime and prepare matters for prosecution. According to Governor Rankin, the UK is offering funding and expertise for the implementation of these recommendations. The U.S. Virgin Islands Office of Disaster Recovery received a final decision from the U.S. Federal Emergency Management Agency approving the replacement of the Roy Lester Schneider Hospital on St. Thomas. Dating back as far as 2018, FEMA required substantial documentation to accept the territory's position that the hospital received sufficient damage to warrant full replacement. The next step is for both parties to agree on a total cost to rebuild. FEMA will collaborate with Territorial Hospital Redevelopment Team and Office of Disaster Recovery to determine the reconstruction costs. Once the cost is agreed upon, funds will be obligated to the territory opening the door for the construction of a new modernized facility. The design will take approximately one year. Once complete, the project will be put out to bid. Crowder News reports that the Inter-American Development Bank has loaned Guyana $60 million U.S. million for infrastructure improvement and expansion at three priority hospitals, namely the Georgetown Public Hospital Corporation, the New Amsterdam Hospital, and the Lindell Hospital Complex. Georgetown Public Hospital Corporation, one of the three main hospitals that will benefit from the upgrades. The funding is provided under the Healthcare Network Strengthening in Guyana project and is being implemented by the Ministry of Health. The project has three components. 
The FERS dedicates $48 million U.S. million towards supporting local hospital health services network. The bank said this component will finance inputs to allow the hospital network to function more efficiently by expanding capacity at two strategic level four hospitals, thereby relieving pressure on Georgetown Public Hospital Corporation, the main national reference hospital level five, to provide lower complexity services while also increasing the ability of this facility to fulfill its mission in handling specialty referral cases. The activities to be funded by this component include infrastructure rehabilitation and expansion at the new Amsterdam Hospital Level 4, Lindell Hospital Complex Level 4, and the Georgetown Public Hospital Corporation Level 5, purchase of essential medical equipment and furniture for these facilities, and corrective and preventative maintenance of infrastructure, work, and medical equipment. Component 2 is expected to focus on strengthening digital health at the cost of 7.2 million U.S. dollars. The bank said this module will ensure financing for the country's plan for a digital transformation in health. As for Component 3, this will entail promoting health sector management and efficiency. It is expected to cost $3 million U.S. million. In addition to the three project components described, the project will also support project administration and program monitoring and evaluation at the cost of $1.8 million. U.S. These resources will support the Ministry of Health in program management and assessment of its effects. Crider News understands that the National Strategic Plan for Health 2020 through 2030 is being developed, which intends to promote a model based on the principles of primary health care through an integrated health service delivery network approach to achieve universal access and coverage. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's spice industry has been awarded $20 million from the United States through its Department of Agriculture over the course of five years. The grant will be dispersed under the Food for Progress program and comes against the backdrop of exponential growth of the spice industry in the United States, especially as it concerns ginger, turmeric, and pimento. The initiative will target the marketing and development of products such as packaging and will promote sustainable and climate-friendly farming to yield best results. Jamaica is one of 10 countries this year to be selected for the grant, which will be awarded this month. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that the University of the Virgin Islands has received a $1 million award from the U.S. National Science Foundation to support University of the Virgin Islands students who wish to pursue a master's degree in marine and environmental science at the University of the Virgin Islands and to secure workforce positions in marine and environmental science in the territory. The award, entitled Securing STEM Island Pathways, is led by Dr. Kristen Wilson Grimes, Research Assistant Professor in the University of the Virgin Islands Center for Marine and Environmental Studies, and Dr. Lawanda Cummings, STEM Education Director for the Virgin Islands Established Program to Stimulate Competitive Research, VI EPSCOR, the University of the Virgin Islands said. It builds on past investments in the territory by the National Science 
Alliance Foundation, including the NSF, includes Sea Island Alliance, VI EPSCOR, Ridge to Reef, Process and Interdependent Drivers of Small Island Resilience, and the Florida Caribbean Lewis Stokes Regional Center of Excellence. And finally, Jamaica Information Service reports that the media launch for the second annual DC World Reggae Festival will take place on Friday, August 19, and will be addressed by Jamaica's ambassador to the United States, Audrey Marks. The festival, which has now been scaled down to a one-day event on Saturday, August 20th at the RFK Festival Grounds, will feature Barris Hammond, Beanie Man, Tina Savage, and more. Event organizer Omar Stevenson and Hector Carter have informed that the change to the one-day event means that two scheduled acts, including Third World and Belladonna, will no longer be on the show due to scheduling conflicts. The one-day festival being staged by Top Tier Management Group is in partnership with Pump Station Entertainment, will celebrate and honor Jamaica's 60th anniversary of independence. The Embassy of Jamaica has endorsed the festival, which will form part of the activities to celebrate Jamaica's 60th anniversary through the DMV, which comprises of the District of Columbia, Maryland and Virginia. Persons interested in attending the DC World Reggae Festival can visit dcworldreggaefestival.com. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, August 16th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.